On this episode, we talk to Dr. Martin Yelling, a man of many achievements and talents. He imparts throughout the podcast what it means to have an athlete or a marathoner's mindset and how that made him not only a great athlete in itself, but a better author, a better podcast host, a better founder of a company, and ultimately a family man and the best dad to his children. Yeah, I am very excited for this episode today. So Martin was a huge inspiration for me in reading his latest book, Running in the Midpack. It created me to start my own running club and want to impact people's lives. And I've seen just through talking to Martin today, how much he's impacted people's lives. And he's now starting Stormbreak to be able to help children with their mental health. I mean, he's just so humble. He doesn't only talk, he he doesn't talk about his successes, but he does bring up a lot of his failures and how it's brought him to the person he is today. So so many lessons from this podcast um, episode today and I can't wait to listen. Welcome to the Fail Forward podcast where Dan and Adnan peel back the onion on our guest stories and on each other all in an effort to change the narrative of failure. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Fail Forward podcast with Adnan and Dan. Today we have an incredible guest with us and I'm going to let it send it over to Dan to introduce him. Thank you, Adnan. And first of all, happy birthday. And thanks for joining us on this pod today on this special day. (laughs) So big thanks to you. Um, Okay, so today we are joined by Martin Yelling, a respected presenter, author and coach from grassroots to elite athletes within the running and endurance community. A former international athlete is the founder of Stormbreak UK and founder and host of the UK's most successful running podcast with over 11 million downloads, Marathon Talk. He's a father, he's a husband to Olympic marathon runner Liz. Both Liz and Martin are now dedicating their lives to help inspire, motivate and improve the lives of others. So we're excited to hear more about Martin today and welcome Martin. Hi guys, nice to... um join you on the show yeah happy birthday Adnan it's not every day you're 21 is it (laughs) I actually think I'm 18 internally so (laughs) I appreciate that good long may that continue it's true as you're only as young as you feel and um so Martin if you could tell us a bit about you know for some other listeners that may not have heard of you could you just get a bit of a intro about yourself please Oh, there's loads I don't quite know just hearing you know Adnan's birthday I was 50 this year and sometimes, you know, like one of the things I've realized in certainly the last decade is that you know, this is, it's such a privilege to be this age and to have done, like, had the opportunity, I think, to have done as many things as I feel I have done. You know, I, I kind of read this book um, when I was a kid and it was called Danny the Champion of the World by Roald Dahl. I don't know if either of you have read it. It's I've, like a bit I've of a heard of it, not read it. Yeah, then yeah. you must read. It. And the the um, it's about Danny and and um, his father's a poacher and they live a pretty uh, poor um, uh, life. And um, you know, I grew up in in a pretty um, a poor uh, home environment. You know, it certainly wasn't a privileged home environment. It was a very tough um, environment as a kid to grow up in a single parent with a you know, working mum, like all over the place. Um, yeah, not particularly stable. And, um, you know, there was this comment that the author had put in and it was, 
always remember it's a little quote by Roald Dahl always remember to be sparky like that stuck with me for about 44 years you know since since early early reading the book and I've tried to make that a really important part of everything I do you know like I really want to be a sparky energized dad I've got three kids now two twin twin boys who are eight daughter who's 13 um I've spent a life moving I guess I would frame it now um whether that's elite sport participation so running has been what I've done a lot of um triathlon and duathlon as well so I've been lucky to have finished fairly high up in national events run for England and Great Britain and won elite national duathlon champs a couple times way back um competed around the world in seven or eight world or European championships um did Hawaii Ironman, did Comrades uh, Ultra Marathon. So as a performance athlete, you know, I've had some really cracking experiences. I'm married to somebody um, who's a, also a performance athlete. You know, Liz, my wife, went to a couple of Olympics, ran in, uh, medaled at the Commonwealth Games, has done something like 12 um, world championships, I think, and has medaled at world championship level, um, my sister won the European Championships, 10,000 metres, um, uh, sorry, um, cross country twice. Um, so, yeah, there's a big athletic kind of background, but there's also a big coaching um, and learning background. I used to write in mainstream media for magazines when they were a thing and transitioned into digital media. And along with my good mate, Tom Williams, who's now the CEO of Park Run, we founded Marathon Talk, which is a podcast all about running. Um, you know, we did that for just over a decade. And in that, we, were, we, we really engaged with some amazing people um, around the world, setting up events, doing digital challenges before virtual challenges were actually a thing. Now, we launched a virtual challenge called Jantastic in 2012, I think. Something like that. We had nearly 30,000 people doing it and virtual wasn't a thing. We were logging workouts. We built the code to enable people to do it. Um, I'm still the coach for the London Marathon. So every year I coach 50,000 people to try and get around one of the greatest marathons in the world. Um, yeah, I wrote a book. You guys, I think, have um, certainly, you know, seen it. Um, I wrote a book last year with Bloomsbury. Um how to be a happy, successful something else runner. <laughs> Adnan, why don't you tell us the, the title of the book? Because he has it right there. And it's one that I suggested to Adnan as well. We got it. Running. Running in the mid-pack. Mid and it is how to be a strong, happy and successful runner. And I've got a bit of a story about this book. So I bought this book for my birthday in April 2021. In fact, my wife bought it for me because I wanted to read it. And it, I think it only just come out, um, Martin, as well. Was it February 2021. Uh, yeah, yeah February 21. And I remember it was during, I must have been during the pandemic because we were, I wasn't working at the time. I was a full-time dad. I was due to work for Expo, but it was put on hold because of the pandemic. And I was starting to run again after we were let out, for, you know, to be able to exercise more freely. And for me, that was my, you know, way of keeping me sane, I think, was just to, just to continue running and start running again. And I remember reading the book and it was mm. almost like a, bible it was like a running bible it was it was it's one that you could just pick up and just 
go back to it again and just pick out little little notes and um i on i don't remember putting it down and i remember it it was very different in that um it was teaching you i think the importance of just being able to run and have fun and not stress and get anxious about you know timings and the performance areas of running that you've probably experienced yeah. a lot in your you know career running um, not something i've had to worry about too much although i do remember getting obsessed about you know knocking those park run times down or you know 5k things but just just literally find the join running without any distractions um and then i remember yeah mentioning it to adnan as well and, and here we are having you on as a guest today which is right. incredibly yeah it's it's nice. not about optimization at all which i actually appreciate it's about finding your best run wherever you're at and like that yeah. was refreshing for me because there are not many books that come at it with that perspective uh you know what i think that's probably because i'm in a in, i'm in a personal season of running where i don't need to frame things around um performance motivation like performance orientations although i really love to go and have a good rinsing like go and you know run as hard as i can uh, for me sometimes if that's what i need that day um you know there's there's i think i've realized there's a real place if you want moving and in this case running to be a sustainable positive healthy impact on your life then you've got to harness and understand the things that make it that way and so often we get we get strung up on uh, on the wrong things and we get held back by things that are not helpful to to our running or to our wider holistic self or the relationships around us but they can be detrimental and harmful to those things so you know along with angie i wanted to write a book that shared some of that as well as integrated a little bit of like what i'd call kind of traditional running book stuff you know there's there's a combination in the book of things that people would expect to see around running and perhaps one or two surprises that you know people are like what's this all why are they banging on about this you know and I'd like to have included more detail about some of those concepts because they're quite controversial. Um, you know, there's definitely not enough, and I'm no expert in this for sure, but there's definitely not enough around men's um, like disordered eating and problematic relationships with food and body image, you know, and representations of masculinity and how we wrap that in athleticism um you know there's not enough about that I'm, I'm not an expert on that but i think it would make fascinating content um mm -hmm. there's not enough on on um like the female menopause and um you know how how women um respond to the aging process in their body and and how running another sport can help them do that you know there's there's so much that you can kind of tuck into with running that, that was different 25 years ago and i'm thinking I just want to find that extra second or I just want to get in, you know, I want to beat that person or I want to finish in this place in a world cup or in a national champs or whatever it was. So, you know, my lens that I see physical activity, running, moving through has shifted. So I wanted to try and write some of that down. That's awesome. So there's so much you can talk about with running. I, I personally think so. I mean, for me, Running was my first foray into doing something that was uncomfortable to me in my life. 
Like I wasn't, I wasn't fit up until the age of about 18, I think a year before I left Dubai. And running was almost the channel that I eventually tied everything to. Because mm-hmm. you take that same philosophy, regardless if you're performing, if you're just running with friends for fun, it's, it's uncomfortable. Yes, yeah. And then you notice how seeking discomfort in all areas of life in a very calculated way is almost always the route to success. So it's like something I implement in my work, in the crafts that I do, even in, sometimes in my relationships, right? You go out and meet new people, it's uncomfortable. But yes. it, it is in that discomfort that you break the frontier of your existence. And that's a nice way of putting it, actually. And um, so I like discomfort. There you go. Um, it's not always pleasant. And and I, I will kind of wrap that in a little caveat that... I would argue, although I have experienced degrees of discomfort, I have never truly experienced life-changing discomfort as an adult. So, you know, there are different degrees of discomfort, aren't they? You know, we're all sat in nice spaces, you know, like we've all reached this point in our life, you know, and the discomfort that I've faced, ha- you know, has brought about challenge. But it's not like um, I wouldn't class call it really significant as, as an adult anyway. You know, I'm privileged that I like I've taken opportunities and found things out and just tried to work with a little discomfort and uncertainty and, and, and not let it completely throw me you know I've done some amazing interviews on the show on Marathon Talk and some people that I've been like blessed to speak to really have experienced discomfort you know they've lost loved ones they've been you know blown to pieces in 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 military operations they've you know experienced serious physical harm or emotional distress you know, or um, physical illness, you know, and and their lives have been shattered and changed by those sets of experiences. And so, uh, and when they've had them and experienced them, what I find really inspiring and encouraging is their ability to like locate their mindset and, and still like be a really strong person despite everything around that you know so yeah like I love to go and endure a little in my training otherwise I wouldn't have been an endurance athlete but that's not real discomfort like not real discomfort you know that sense of emotional discomfort that some people experience when life-changing events often unexpectedly hit them you know that's really that's really powerful stuff really powerful stuff so martin i definitely agree with you in that what that level of true discomfort can do in terms of either entirely breaking you or entirely making you as an individual is there do you feel like there's a disadvantage in not having experienced that discomfort like not a disadvantage but something you i wouldn't even say yearn for but like the the fact that we say I truly haven't experiences. Is it that I'm lucky or? 
Well, it's all relative, right? So what some people find, I wouldn't say that it's a disadvantage, but the power of a lived experience through something, you know, gives you a, a strength and an ability in some instances, of course, not in every instance, you know, some people struggle and suffer through things and and it can have some very negative, hurtful consequences. And they don't always come out the other end of, of things, you know, it, it, as the same person or in the same way that we would hope uh, people could, you know. But I, I, I kind of believe that when people have got really great environments, um, have learned a particular mindset, you know, can can have the support of, of people around them, um, are able to share their their stories that they can, you know, come through those things. So and it's all different, right? You might find, you know, um, Adnan, we might go for a 10K run together, right? And you might be jogging along, floating, and, you know, I could be screaming, thinking this is just so painful and so difficult. You know, our relative discomfort, some people have great tolerance levels that are either learned or, um, you know, experience that tolerance can go up or down. So I think it's healthy to understand your tolerance boundaries. But of course, I wouldn't wish like huge levels of discomfort and suffering on people like it's not good. But you can be amazing when you've experienced it. One of my all time, you know, favorite marathon talk interviews with a guy called Pete Reed. And Pete was an incredible um, uh, oarsman, Olympic rower, three Olympic gold medals, I think, multiple world champion, um, mountain of a man, like six foot seven, the highest ever recorded lung capacity, something like 11.8 litres per minute. So, like, this guy's a monster, Royal Navy officer, and um, he has a spinal stroke. Um, so quite rare, but this spinal stroke means that, you know, he cannot uh, no longer move below the the chest. OK, so still got his arms, but everything south, no movement. Now, you know, I think to myself, how would I deal with that situation where I, you know, all the conversations we've had so far have been, you know, kind of physical activities threaded through my life in so many ways. How would I respond if that was taken away from me as it was taken away from him? Um, and his response has been just absolutely outstanding. You know, the things he's shifted and changed from being the top um, 1% of the human population in terms of physicality and, and elite level performance to the bottom 1%. You know, that's a shift. Um, so... Yeah, I don't necessarily think you have to experience it, but there's like lots of little things that you can go through in your life where you can learn. And the great thing about running is I think you can apply running to some of those scenarios and situations if you find them uncomfortable to whatever degree, whatever your tolerance is, and it'll help you through it. I like that. Um, Martin, I have, a, I have a question, and this is something I've been thinking about for a while, a little bit too. What, I mean, recently, I'm curious, what has been this, the highest level of discomfort that you have been through that wasn't physical? Hmm. 
That's a pretty good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think probably the discomfort as a young child of um, instability. So, you know, that's quite difficult, you know, to have the, the experiences of, like, I guess, poverty when you, you know, when you're young and growing up and, and, and that probably set me up because, you know, nothing ever kept, nothing was ever given easy. You know, everything is like, okay, if you, if I saw an opportunity for change or an opportunity for growth, like anything, I'd be like, I'm going to grab this. I'm going to hang on. Right. There's any train in this station. I am getting on it. Right. And, and, you know, that's meant that I went and did a PhD at, at, at um, Loughborough University in the UK at a postdoc. So, you know, but it wasn't like I was the first person in my family to go to university. You know, I had to get a grant. My mum had to work loads. You know, I had to work through college, work through, you know, it's not like, here you go, son, here's your trust fund. You know, it's and that creates a discomfort and uncertainty around how you live, you know, how you live. So I think those early years for me, although a pretty, you know, informative, um, they set you up. They set you up to be robust. And that's yeah, they're not physical. They're, you know, that's all emotional struggles that you that you go through, not physical. And that sounds like a mindset thing that's something we discussed earlier with some of these other guests that you've you've interviewed before. And it and it comes down to things that happen to you, whether you're struggling or something's happened in your life. It comes down to a choice. And I think having the right mindset, do you think that sets you up as well? I mean, is how did you learn, you know, what motivated you? Um you know, when you were younger or what, what things were you able to learn to keep you focused and, and just generally motivated to, to want to succeed or, um, you know, achieve uh, certain things. I think there's a thing around, there's a thing around mindset for me, which is, it, it's a shifting thing. Mm. If I had the same mindset now that I had when I was 21, you know, like in 31 and 41, you know, I'll be 51 next birthday. So you, your, your mind, like your body, needs to change, you know? And as you move through your seasons of growth and your experiences, you know, the, the, the way you see and shape your world, like it's, you know, it, it has to change. It's a bit like marathon running, you know, or, or, or training for a 10K. If you keep banging out the same sessions like all the time in the same way, you're going to stagnate and, and you're not going to um, improve if time is a goal for you. You'll just stagnate. You'll be low in motivation. You'll get bored. You'll, you know, you're going to get pissed off with yourself and probably annoy loads of other people around you pretty quickly. Like, why is it, there's no different for your mind and your brain. You know, you, 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 you need to be agile and adapt your own thinking in order to survive, you know, periods in, in your life. You know, I've got a 13 year old daughter, right. And I'm, I'm having to change all the time and adapt to the way I think about parenting as they grow. I have to change too. 
You know, if I don't change, I'm going to, it's not going to be a positive, healthy father daughter relationship. You know, she's not going to have um, an environment to grow up in where she feels really nourished and supported and enabled to challenge herself, you know, to strike out doing stuff that she wants to do. You know, if I'm controlling the agenda at home. So I have to like put my own head in a box over there sometimes. You know, it's like you just need to shut up now um, and let her do the, the leading on the stuff. And that wasn't the same five years ago. So like I like to go through the discomfort of mind changing your mind. You know, it's a good thing. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And I can relate to a lot of that as well. Having two young boys, one eight, uh, is he eight? Seven and four. And with the four-year-old, we, we started getting them into different sports and um, I took them running a little bit and took them to rugby and ended up sitting on the sideline for a year watching them play rugby. Then I thought, actually, I need to get involved now and help coach because yeah. that not only will help me spend quality time with them, but I can then see how they develop and grow and help myself so I can see you know, how to discipline myself and let them just do what they need to do and, and just watch them um, yes. as well as develop myself. So that for me, it was, it was, it was a two way thing. So I definitely relate to that. Going back to what you said earlier, Martin, as well, what would you say to your 21 year old self now with the mindset that you've got? I was, I was interested to find that out. Your kids aren't there yet. They're growing what up. What would but say to my 21 year old self? What advice would you give? Yeah. With the mindset you have now, you said that you wish you had when you were back then. I know experience is an asset and that's something you learn and evolve, but if you could go back to your younger self now, what would you say to them? I think I'd probably take a bit more risk. So like, I don't mind a bit of risk, but I think I'd probably push myself to take a bit more. So, you know, don't be afraid of, or not, I wouldn't frame it like, don't be afraid. I'd probably say embrace, um, you know, embrace opportunity, even if you 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 find it fearful. Mm. So it's like, it's not like, you know, the old step out of your comfort zone and all that, like, it's not that, like, because that's, that's not the same. It's not the same as harnessing, like being fearful about doing something and doing it anyway. Like, and, and then the important thing is I probably would have coached my response to that better so you know if you say right like i want to encourage my children to take some risks that doesn't mean i want them to you know like i'm uh, or i'm gonna <laughs> like watch with easy eyes if they are like jumping off cliffs and <laughs> whatever it is they're doing into the sea you told me to take risks yeah not that kind of risk <laughs> Incidentally, <laughs> to do already i've got twin eight-year-old sons who are incredibly active and <laughs> unbelievable so if i can't find them i have to look up <laughs> and they're like up trees or on things it's just carnage so like i would go take um like have confidence in yourself to to embrace like fear and risk and then accept the consequence of that and sometimes that's like you, you by just going it's okay the way it turned out and leaving it at that like not solutionizing or fixing or you know avoid avoid doing that just let that experience be you have you know and then 
um, you know, find like another fearful, fun thing to do. Yeah, I love that. Learn lessons from some of the experiences and then move on if, if it doesn't go to plan. Yeah, so in competing, it would be like beat yourself up loads if it didn't go oh, yeah. well. No, and like what's wrong with that? Like now I set a rule of like with people I coach, um, you, you can like feel miserable about this for 24 hours and then you've got to draw a line under it. So if you're going to, you know, do an event or a race or whatever it is, you know, people might have something important in their life and they just balls it up. Um, and and, and you, they can dwell on this horrible state of um, guilt and judgment and that's really unhealthy for them and often the people around them too. So like feel shit for 24 hours and then when you just pack it away, like deal with it and then let's do the next thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently, Martin, uh, that I think it was the owner of Headspace, I believe. And he was saying that businesses don't fail when the business itself goes under. It's when the entrepreneur gives up. And I was thinking <laughs> back to your story about your childhood where you almost didn't you give yourself the option to fail, right? It's like either I get this, you know, I jump onto this train, I do this PhD or what I, I seep and I fall back into this in, unstable life that goes nowhere. So um, you didn't really give yourself an option to give up. Yeah, but it's not. Um, so, you know, I'm just making sure you've got a, a lovely, like um, some lovely words copy behind you. Like trust yourself, you know, remain grateful. Yeah, yeah, stay hungry, fail often. Right. So, um, you know, that notion of the words you just use, failure is not an option. Actually, failure is an option and failure should be an option. It is an option. If it isn't, you're doing something wrong. You know, you've got your like Mr. Cocky Pants on and, and it's just not going to work. Um, failure should be an option. The crucial thing is what you do with that. So, um, you know, you can fail and you should fail loads um, because it just kicks a little wind out of you, you know, and like when you like when you're when when you've had that wind kicked out of you several times, it's it's like, well, OK, I now, you know, got to do things differently whether that's surround yourself with different people try different approaches move in a different way you know reconsider what you what you did um yeah if i'd like thought ah oh, just park that now you know like Stormbreak for one wouldn't be a thing the, the charity that I'm, i now run you know that wouldn't be a thing it took ages took loads of graft and hard work and loads of failure like like just horrendous amount of failure to you know like so many rejections and kickbacks and frustrations and like smack my head against the wall moments um yeah how long were those moments going on for as well martin because i really wanted to talk to you about that and um <laughs> how long storm break been going for now? going on <laughs> it yeah. never ends no it doesn't but that's not a bad thing yeah it's just what you do with that knowledge you know because it only becomes a bad thing when you let it um you know shape your your life so that you're then unable to respond you know um and, and you've, I think you've got a responsibility to yourself and others around you to put yourself in a position of response. 
Um, and, and that takes, you know, that can take lots of strength from you. It can also take lots of encouragement from other people, you know, and lots of speaking out and talking about things when it perhaps was an unexpected result for you, you know, something which you may have been challenged by. Um, I think I'm quite good at switching that off, like emotionally. So, you know, I can detach from something of importance. And sometimes that's good, sometimes not so good, but sometimes it is good because you can just go, well, okay, that's off now. You know, I've dialed that volume right down. It enables you to focus attention somewhere else. Okay, so question on that then. How big do you think or would you like Stormbreak to go if you knew it couldn't fail? Do you have... It's going to fail. or let's let's well let, how 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 big do you see Stormbreak covering in terms of would, so 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 big is a complicated concept because define driven value driven isn't it it's impact based on how many lives would you impact then or would you like to impact if you well, had a, had if, a if I ask the same question back the value to to Stormbreak is you know if we can impact one person's life in a meaningful way it's worth it Mm. now you know it's worth it for me like i used to think hey yeah more downloads more more people bigger this more reach greater impact you know we we started to count some of those things but actually i'm less worried about you know building like you go oh yeah i'm gonna build this and it's gonna be like amazing actually like what's important is is there a kid in a class who's struggling with something at the moment and they do a storm break and they think, feel better? I actually feel a bit better. You know, my day's been shit and now it's better just for a bit. Or even better still, they learn some skills that they think when it gets um, bad, I can do something. There's something I can do to reframe that. I have a little bit more control than I thought I had over that. And whether that's one, you know, our goal is that we give that to lots of kids, but you know, I don't mind. I'm not driven by numbers. You know, if you want numbers, we, 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 since we went digital, we track the number of children that we support. We currently support over about 21,000 kids that we've come into contact with, with Stormbreak. And uh, earlier this year, that was going up at about the rate every kind of four to six weeks, about a thousand kids a week. So yeah, it, it, it's grow It is growing, but what's important is, you know, the stories of kids that take their hoods down for the first time in public because they've got alopecia and they're in a foster home and, you know, they don't normally do that kind of thing. That's, you know, that's what we like to hear little meaningful little meaningful things i could feel the emotion then coming out of how it, i uh, it was i mean it's these days it is all about validation you're right and um there's more meaning behind that and i, I just felt all of that from you then just the way you're explaining it and yeah that was that was great to hear good um i'm conscious of your time martin so i guess one last question if we were to have one if you had to give a 30 second talk, although it's like to leave a legacy for your listeners, 
from the from the Marathon Talk podcast, what would it be? You had 30 seconds. Any know. age. That's quite hard, isn't it? That's a good question. I think it would probably be back to, if it's just for Marathon Talk listener. Could be anyone. Yeah, I think it would be back to, like, um, courage and an and, and enabler. You know, like, I, I think I would like people to understand that the way to enable perhaps their success is to understand what they want that to look like and then to be humble enough in their approach to enabling um, that themselves but to then empower others to achieve the same that makes sense not the same as them but their same definition of success then they have to exercise enough humility to execute it and enough humility to empower others to do it um yeah that's probably it that's powerful yeah if if you're generous with the world the world is always generous back uh yeah absolutely yeah, you, you you know, and that's something that I think people should do more of is is focus out, you know, and less focusing in. Mm. Um, Pass it on. Yeah, just focus out a little bit more. Um, yeah, look out, look you know, look in less and look out more. I love it. Well, Adnan, this is going to be a birthday to remember for you. <laughs> Well, happy birthday dude again yeah, happy 21st yeah thank you so much <laughs> i appreciate you jumping on like this has been great this is my birthday gift martin so i appreciate oh, you enjoy the day yeah enjoy i hope you get out for some a run or you know do something do something relaxing um spend some time with some friends mm -hmm. like have have some yeah. fun laugh like chill out yeah, we I'm actually uh, hosting a run this afternoon with a couple of my close friends, so I'm pretty pumped for that. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah, good. Let them, let them think they've got it and then rinse them in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I do. No, I do. Let, let <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Martin. You're welcome. Um, lovely to meet you both, and good luck with your podcasting and you know everything else in Dubai, Atlanta, Dubai, where you know wherever you wherever. Yeah. You're. And if, if for one last thing as well, where can people find you, Martin, as well, if they want to reach out to you, uh, to any of our listeners? Stormbreak. Yeah, Stormbreak. Stormbreak. Stormbreak UK. Yeah, stormbreak.org.uk. Um, or yellingperformance.com is the kind of coaching side of things. Excellent. Appreciate awesome. your time. Thanks again, Martin, and have a great, great rest of the day. You too. See you. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Find us at Instagram, failforward.pod. If you know someone that wants to be on the show or if you want to be on the show, give us a shout. DM us. We'll see you soon.